0: Brian Hyatt, and this is Rolling Stone Music Now. Today we have kind of a special episode. The latest Rolling Stone cover story is on the Rolling Stones a band, you may have heard of. Um, I wrote it, and I spent some time with Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, and, and Ron Wood. We're going to play a little bit of my Mick Jagger and Keith Richards interviews today. Let's start with a bit of the conversation I had with Mick. Uh, about the Stones' new album, Blue and Lonesome, which is a blues covers album. And he explained that although it sort of started spontaneously in the studio, they broke into a cover of the song Blue and Lonesome by Little Walter. Uh, Mick actually had talked to producer Don Was about the idea of doing a blues album. Here's what he had to say.
1: The thing was that it was funny because I'd been speaking to Don Was about doing a blues album. Oh, That I did not know. Already. And what my idea of doing it was that it was going to be really relaxed because we do these blues tunes in rehearsal. So we go into rehearsal and before we'd actually get down to saying, okay, let's do you can't get what you want, you know, which we knew already, but you still got to do it. Uh, We would play blues tunes and we played Commit a Crime, for instance. Mm. And we had played Blue and Lonesome. And I said, well, we keep playing these tunes Maybe we should just like record the rehearsals a bit better. Yeah. And then there's no pressure. You know, there's absolutely no pressure to do like, okay, this is the take of Blue and I It was like, just do it. And, and then over the period of two weeks or, you know, that we have for in rehearsals, we'll have a whole bunch of blues tunes. And if we do two rehearsals, then we'll have another whole bunch of blues tunes. And we, like that, we'll have a blues album. So I actually mentioned that to him yeah. very recently... Because because we were doing well, we'd always done blues blues tunes in the rehearsals, you know. But we've been doing a few more, and we've just been like doing, them. anyways. So then whatever. So then we we did it in a similar sort of thing. We, it's like uh, going to a blues tune uh, to kind of like get into shape kind of thing so so in the middle of doing a new song I said, oh, well let's just leave that aside for a moment and then we'll do Blue and Lonesome which is what we did first and then and we said oh, that sounds really good let's do another one we did another one and then we did another one and then Don was said to me well can you go home tonight yeah. and make a list of what we're going to do blues if we're going to do more blues more, you better make a list because we you know he
0: said you have a blues iPod the, one with just blues songs on it or that's like
1: that. not right <laughs> I don't. So many bullies, yes. No, okay. no, I just went into my computer and went into yeah. the blues songs I had in there, which, you know, whatever. So actually, I mean, I was thinking it's the most enormous library. When so I looked, I thought, this is actually rather shabby, you know, it should have be been better. But anyway, um, um, and I went in and made and made a, a, a list of what I thought, you know, we'd do that day and and wrote it down and went into the studio and I just shouted out let's do this and if people said yes then we did it and if people said no no, about that one I say, okay then this one because I had enough you know that you you want to insist just call the tunes and see if people pick up on them
0: Uh, it gave you a chance to play like probably the most like blues harp, you've got
1: to play. Yeah, I know. It's like I should have practiced if I'd have known. <laughs> if I didn't know I was gonna have to do this, I would have been, I would have been a few days yeah. practicing because sometimes I do that. I mean, and you know, I say that at home and play it's quite easy, really. You just put on whatever a whole bunch of Money water record. The only problem with harmonica playing is the keys, yeah, you, of course. You, need to write you, go, you get that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, have, like, you have to have all the keys and you have to know because otherwise it's really boring trying to kind of sort through. So you have to write down over the this Muddy Waters tune is in, you know, C, so then I'm not going to have to look every time for this key. So so you do that like an album, you know, you get like one of those Muddy Mississippi Waters. I think we've got Johnny Winter on it. Or we pretty, you know. So I, sometimes I like playing harmonica along, so I play harmonica along with that. And it's good practice, you know, and you get your chops together and do that a couple of hours a day for a few days, you know you get at least into kind of some sort of practice. Right. But I, I had. I mean, should do a bit more than that, to be honest, but it's not the only thing I do. And so when I was like thrown into the deep end of being like on like almost every other tune, is like, okay. And then it's all right, but, um, you know, you hope it's going to work. And then, then you've got these things which have harmonica intros that go rah, 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 boom, 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 you know, you got to get that right because you can't screw it up, you know, because it's, you yeah. know, I mean, it's like having, doing an intro on a guitar, but it's, if it's not an instrument, you play a lot, then, you know, I'm more familiar playing guitar than I'm playing harmonica, you know, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> now, yeah. But, uh, well, for a long time. So, yeah. so, um, I mean, I like playing, I like playing harmonica. But anyway, the thing is, that the, the really uh, good thing about those, well, yeah, you get to play over a certain, you know, you get to keep playing it, so you know, you get to do it, so more than just like a overdub solo. Let's yeah. Say. So, so then um, uh, the the when we, the way we set it up was like we got you, you. The thing is, for me, I'm sure for nearly every, for all, all players on all instances was the same, but for for harmonica is to get the the sound that I want. To hear on the headphones, you know, right. it's all about that because it's not really about acoustic playing harmonica, it's about um, putting the harmonica through, you know, amps and, yeah. you know, and, and echo effects and overdrive compression and everything. And that's why I always say to this. people, say, Oh, it's just an amp, you just like knock it off. <laughs> uh, but you, 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 it's true, you do, yeah. but you, there's a lot you have to make this harmonica sound right. So then, then you really hear it. So, what's different about it to me, this album, as a harmonica player, and just as a mobile, player, is that I can. Uh, I got used to hearing all the nuances of it. Because when you play on stage harmonica, you can't hear almost anything, because it's right. a rock, rock band. It's like, and if, in a blues band, the blues bands normally play really quiet. So, the harmonica you can play through, uh, uh, you know, when I go and see something's blues bands, they're so quiet. So the harmonica can play through AMP, it doesn't oh, Fender, yeah. it doesn't feed back. Yeah. And you can get all these effects and you can hear perfectly what you're doing. But with a rock band, you know, they're used to playing like that. So but in the studio, of course, it doesn't matter, so I can play through the thing and the band's not as loud as it might be on stage. So so then I can hear all the nuances in the harmonica playing. So and the bending and where the notes are going, because um, you know, you don't normally hear that on, on stage. So I could get into you know how it really sounds and everything. And so, so an instrument, you you, you you you're not looking at the the keys like you're on a piano or on the fretboard right. of a guitar. You you're you, you, it's all like and you feel. So so you really have to hear it. You, uh, a lot especially if you don't play it very much so you have to really hear it perfectly to know if you're going to hit the right notes especially on the bends because it's all about the bends to get some of the notes because there's not that many notes you have to bend them to get the notes in. So. so I was hearing it really good so for me that was a big plus being able to play it I'm sorry that was a bit of a technical explanation yeah no no, no well, I,
0: I play enough to lose her okay I, I didn't I, know that know, you're, you you're should have told yeah, me yeah, you know, no 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 you
1: know <laughs> you should have told me I was like explaining to someone that doesn't understand anything about it saying oh, we well, can't see the notes what do you mean you can't see the notes, uh, well, can't see the notes. well it's got me listening to little Walter
0: again it's like I mean you know covering his songs is like a guitar playing player covering you know Jimi Hendrix yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. I know I said that to someone I was yeah. it's yeah. like it's that's, yeah I mean it is you know and because he's. You know, there's a lot of technically able people out there now. As, as we know that maybe you could say, well, this guy's actually technically better than Little Walter. You know, technically, you know, so this guy plays technically better than Charlie Parker. But the the point is that that you, we all know he's great, and he invented this sort of style. You know, which and and, it's, and, sound and and a sound and a style and a kind of attitude and whatever it is. And you know, and actually, some of the some of the licks are really hard to do, but. There's there's also a kind of um, um, how do you say that, that that he doesn't overplay, you know. So it's, it, he's very he doesn't like he kind of leaves a lot of space, and I kind of really start noticing there. Like, well, I would play normally, I would play da you don't actually da 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 Three blues in a row Now I'm getting to the hang of this thing That yeah. <laughs> so I don't have to play so much You know And Because um, I'm confident This isn't my only solo Yeah, you're right, right <laughs> Yeah sure. So I don't have to play You know Like this is it For the whole album This is going to be Only one bit And um, But as you say Like trying to play Walter Yeah Well, I'm not try- I'm obviously can't do it But I can give A good you know go at giving a feeling of little water yeah. or the or 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 that some of the attitude i hope i can, can convey some of the attitude of that
0: so i mean it's not, so if you were already talking to don about this this was less of a perhaps an accident than it
1: i think yeah, in a yeah, way this okay. fortuitous i mean you could yeah. you can tell it as it's like all oh, just something happened but i think I think it was all kind of waiting to happen at a certain moment, and then the moment came. You know, so that was all good. It
0: looks like the old Picasso joke. It took you fifty years to be able to make this album in three days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: It, 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 in, and that's the sum of it. Is it's a sum of experience, you know. And all these songs. I mean, um, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure if er- everyone knew all these songs. It's not true. But Ronnie said, "Well, I never heard that one. I'm, I'm not really familiar with that one." I can't remember which one he's talking about. Hoodoo Man Blues, for instance. I don't think Ronnie was terribly familiar with that, for instance. But I still, whatever it is, it is. But but most of them were 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 stuff uh, that we played since we were teenagers. You know, yeah. to be honest, I mean, and they're not the most well-known ones, but they're all on those famous albums, aren't they? You know, so it's not like My Babe by Little Walter, obviously, but. But less, you still know those. But maybe the stuff, yeah, that fast one got to go is a bit unfamiliar. But I remember yeah. playing that in a rehearsal, like not playing it live. But I played the Little Walter record, i said because it's a bit, that's uh, a little bit unknown, that one, out of the catalog, so to speak. And I'm not sure if anyone had heard it. And I said, I wanted to play it for Charlie because I said, Charlie, what is the guy playing on the drums on this? I don't yeah. get it. Yeah. And, he, and when we did it, we didn't try and copy the drum part because it's something he plays on the toms or something. But... But so Charlie just played this sort of straight beat. But I remember playing that in a rehearsal somewhere in America, and you know, really loud on the stereo.
0: So why, after all this time, did you want to make a blues album? Like, well, making, I didn't. I
1: didn't want to make a. Blues well, except blues. That you
0: were except that you were talking about it with Don. I was. Yeah, you said that, yes. I was. Yeah.
1: And 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 then yeah. then I thought, okay, this is a really natural okay. thing. This is like an extension of you know we've been playing blues obviously all our lives and now and now we're going to actually do see how this is going to work and and, it didn't sound really good at the beginning yeah you know when we played like Blue Nights and I can't I wish I could remember the sequence of what we did but
0: Dan Dan didn't remember either
1: yeah I mean it's it's all on the it's all on files because it's all the dates on the files but I wish I should have asked the engineer what what because I remember we did blue notes, but I can't remember when we next. Yeah, um, and I might even have it on a list somewhere on my iPad. Or maybe I wrote it on paper, but anyway. So yeah, we did that, and we did two, three. What was your question? I can't remember. Sorry. Uh, uh, just the, the the why why now? Yeah, I don't know, but I don't know <laughs> the answer why. I guess we were playing. We liked the playing the first one, and we just sort of right. followed a pattern, and and it it, came, it was really quick. And what yeah. was good about it was that that you know doing new songs you never quite know you, you can do them any way any beat uh, you know that like you've got an idea we can go any which way or a complete song again. whereas these it's you, you kind of the good thing is you've got three done and you, there's a sense of you know of um you know achievement in the, the fact that you've done all oh, right done three songs and tomorrow going to do three more and tomorrow I've done three more you know so it's like a you know that's that that feels really good i think
0: be. and you can factor this. Don made it sound like there was some I spoke to him a couple of days ago yeah. it, sound, it made it sound like there was some dispute over whether you guys actually wanted to put this out that it was a process of- no
1: it wasn't a real dispute between the band or anything the only thing I said, to the record, I said to the record company which is let's face it they're not like blues people I mean they're very nice people and some of them I know really well but do you want some? right. Sure. Um, <laughs> um, never That that what yeah, we made this blues album, but what do we do with it? Because we're in the middle of making a new album. So, is it possible you can market this? Is it marketable? You right. know Or would you like to put it? My only my, that was my question. Was it marketable as a separate album, or would you like to wait till the, the, the new album is finished and put it out with the right with so you've got. Well, you know, whatever you've got like 12 new things and you've got 12 blues things which is kind of a nice package I mean you know, you've got a lot of stuff suddenly you know what I mean that would have been interesting and I said but mate you think about that you're, you're the ones that are going to market it which, which way would you want to go and I said because I'm, I'm interested to see how you could possibly market this right. blues album come on yeah. which traditionally <laughs> mm, is going to not interest anyone's free niche I mean, there's nothing wrong with... I mean, we're not, it's not trying to, like, say, well, we won't make any money, but you, but who's going to hear it? Who's ever going to... You know, is it, sure. e- is it ever anyone going to go on Spotify and play this blues album? You know what I'm saying? So it's going to get, like, no one's going to listen to it. So that, that, to me, is part of it, you know, you want to make a record, but you want people to hear it, don't you? Of course, of you, course, yeah. you know, It's not supposed yeah. to be just for your family. So, <laughs> so you know, so that's nice, Dad. Uh, but... But so that's what my question was to them. Yeah. you know? So that was the
0: issue, yeah. So you always mind No, it's just I, I, yeah. it's
1: in a way of me, okay, how are you going to market it? Sure, and, yeah. and and are you going to do a good job? Is always my question. That's the artist's question. it Has to be.
0: So, like, you know, the, there's a certain after a ten-year gap between albums. I think some people. You know, I really really think yeah, I didn't really think about that yeah. much. But I think some people. I mean, frankly, some people are like, oh, they're never finishing that out. <laughs> the other
1: one. I mean, kind of got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we haven't even tried to make one, so we haven't right. been doing it very long. Right. But yeah, I mean, probably the record. Company thought, well, the other one's never going to come. We might as well put this one out. I don't blame them. I, I probably would have done the same thing because I got now I've got something. You know, might as well, put it out.
0: Uh, That was me talking with Mick Jagger, including the sound of uh, Mick Jagger (laughs) pouring me a glass of water. Uh, We're going to take a break, and we'll be back with more from Mick Jagger from the latest Rolling Stone cover story. We're playing some audio from uh, my new cover story for Rolling Stone, which is on the Rolling Stones. and You can uh, check out that cover story online at rollingstone.com or at newsstands in our print magazine. And so this next segment is. I started by asking Mick Jagger about Desert Trip, which he had just played with the Stones. Here we go. What did you take away from Desert Trip and being among the, your generation and all that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fucking fucked my voice up for a week. I mean, it was like oh, was that. What it was? Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, not only me. I mean, some of the audience. I went to my doctor in LA. He so said, "Like, I've had like 20 people in here have lost their voices or They're Just they're punters." I mean, I'm not. You know, I must. Have, I must have been something wrong, but but um, I got over it now. But, uh, but apart from that, um, it was. It's. I mean, it was a kind of weird. I mean, it's just weird out in Palm Springs, in my opinion. I mean,
2: yeah.
1: I mean, it's a weird place. It's yeah. like super dry. So it's the worst place to sing in the world because right, right, right. it's dusty and dry. I mean, and right. know, everyone knows that. And and you know, I tried to get around that, but I don't. Uh, I mean, you have to sing wherever you wherever you're booked, you know, if you agree to go. But I mean, I think the audience had a great time. I mean, I never got really a lot of feedback from the audience. I mean, I've never looked at a lot of postings. What well, did they like? It was very large, and it went on and on and on. And the stage was kind of bare, but it looks in this video looks really big from where you are. But um, it doesn't look very big from. I'm not sure if they had video screens all the way back, and you went there, right? Yeah, I was not, but, but oh. from,
0: I've watched some YouTube's, and uh, yeah, it seems it's, yeah, the, the video screens were so huge that I think it, it worked.
1: I it, hope they could see, you yeah. know. It, it was like, but you know, because my thing in doing these uh, festivals is that the normally, you know, you get a bowl, so it's go, You know, Gastonbury it's up, up, you know, right. it's up on a hill. So if you've that many people, which, you know. Grass, we can be, you know, I can be 18 plus, but maybe it goes up on a hill. So you kind of get the idea that you're there, you know, you've got some height. But when it's just flat, I really worry about how much the people can see. That's not, I mean, and for the performer, I, I can't see them. It's just, right. a, it's just a flat thing, and I can see, how far can I see? It's right. just people. Right. And you kind of, as a performer, you're kind of like, you don't really know if you're communicating with them or not. You, you, it, 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 it's 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 easy to play in a stadium. And it's like this, you know. You can get eighty thousand in a bowl. I played many many of them. Yeah. But you get the feeling. I can see those people. Right. I know they're a long right. way away. Right. And I know I'm like an ant. Right. But but not this. Yeah, I understand. I can see them waving. Yeah. However far they are away, I'm. I know. If I say everyone at the top wave, and they wave. Yeah. I can see them right I'm not criticizing the gig I'm sure people have a good time but but just I I have no idea if if I'm communicating with these people you know and and um and so, you know, that was my kind of feeling on the stage. Um,
0: you had know that line about, uh, n- never, uh, never shared a stage with a Nobel Prize
1: winner before.
0: <laughs> it isn't. I mean, what, what do you make of that? I mean, I mean like, it's quite controversial too. It, it was sort of cool.
1: had been mooted before though. Uh, yeah, Many it times. Been, it wasn't the first time that yeah, ever yeah. been thought about. Yeah. And I'd read, I'd read, uh, about, you know, would they give Bob Dylan the, you know, and, and, um, the Nobel Prize literature there' been a lot of discussion about whether it would be right or not i mean endlessly right and um and a lot of literary people thought it was perfectly good. I mean Salman yeah. Rushdie, who I know quite well I th- I, I, you know I think he talked about it before Yes. Yeah. I, I, I think he was a, a a sponsor if you want, not not in, a, in any kind of official sense, but sure so he's pushing for it yeah but he's like putting it out there that he thinks it's a good idea and 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 um yeah. I, th- I think, I mean, I think it's wonderful.
0: Yeah. So I think, I think the way he is, and I totally understand it is is sort of a, it's shared by the whole sort of ethos of everyone. You know? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, it doesn't mean that every bad songwriter is going to get... <laughs> Stay. Wait a minute, where's my fucking... <laughs> I mean, come on. The moon in June. That was great, my lines. <laughs> One. Yeah. But, but, I mean, he's worked... You know, it's got a huge body of work and a lot of it's brilliant, you know, and um, we're still going and, and um, you know, we it, it's some of the best poetry that people know, if you know what I mean. Right. Because it's, it's out there and and it, it, in various forms and people know it in their hearts. And, and, yeah, so I think it's very um wonderful on that level and deserved.
0: Do you ever think about whether people will be... 50 years from now 100 years from
1: now there might be people listening to these songs. do you assume so? No. <laughs> to people isn't a musical songs from the 1910s you know it's, there's always one or two that dig them up. You, know, don't,
0: care well. you don't care do you? It? I, oh, how
1: can I? What's the point? What's the point? We, we, it's like pop music for posterity is like a kind of oxymoron. Mm. You know pop music is pop music is 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 for now yeah know? pop music that's wait, why wait, I was
0: you've made now wow. last it off from fucking well, long that, time. Yeah, but that's that, that's good <laughs> that,
1: I can claim that yeah that, that's great that's why I was worrying about the blues album right. it, it it you know what I'm saying so pop music it, it I know it's not really pop music but when, when those blues records came out they were in a in a sense for that group for, for that for that audience they were pop music as if it was pop music they would sing it they would play it as if it was our like we would play Kendrick Lamar it was for them that so it's all pop music to me it's all pop music without take away all the genres right. for, for a minute and, and, and it's all pop music so so that's what i'm saying to the record company can you make this pop music if, right. if, if you want is what i'm saying because right. it, it it it's not per se at the moment pop music it was once pop music sure and um as you we said little red rooster was number one you know i mean that was a weirdo thing because we could have done anything at that point would have been number <laughs> one that, that was the point right but but um but so, you know, I'm saying for a minute, you know, is it going to expand just a few people buy it that will buy, you know, a blues record, you know, that would be pleased or is it going to be further? And I don't know how we started this conversation. Uh, but anyway, pop music is very transient. So, right. we know, we're not making it for posterity. If some of, the, of these songs of of not whoever, Bob Dylan or like Rolling Stone or Last for a long time then that's great but, but that's not why I'm right here it might be like Bob Dylan may have thought of this more than I I suspect he thinks of it more than I do. yeah
0: well then again he hasn't gotten back to the committee so I'm not sure what he's thinking
1: well, but are not very <laughs> you, I
0: guess Roger Daltrey came away from Desert Trip in a pensive mood and said that he thinks that rock and roll is not based on the festival, but just in general, has hit a dead end. and that, that it's kind well, of Well, people
1: have been saying that for years. Yeah. And I did read his quote on that one. I don't know why he's – I mean, he's – I like Roger very much. And, you know, he's a great guy and, and he's done a lot of wonderful things. But, I mean, I don't know why he suddenly will come out with that because that's pretty obvious – I mean that's an old group, and this this is why I said to the promoter. You know, I said, you know when he came to see me, like, he's a very nice guy, and and he said this is my idea for the for the show. And I said you've got a lot of old over seventy white English people playing all the same music. I mean that I said to me that's not like a festival. Mm. You, you know what I mean? A, yeah. Because to me a festival is I want to hear something I don't that I've never heard of. You know, yeah. some kind of music that wow I've never heard this. Uh, Rap from you know Mali I never heard them play it like you know whatever but you know I want to discover something and, and, and have a good time but, but no that wasn't obviously the, the, the point of this the right. point of this was to, to put this, this these kind of legendary acts all in one weekend that was the point but it so happens they all happen to be nearly all English only one American <laughs> Yeah, we are just Canadian, <laughs> so,
0: so. I mean, dude. It does seem. I mean, you know, the, the, there's, you know, and there's no reason you, you don't know the answer, but I'm just curious what you think of the answer. Is, uh, you know, since Nirvana, I think people have been waiting for. Oh, what's the next thing with guitars that's going to change the world? And it really hasn't happened. May, and
1: maybe there. Will no, I mean, be, no, you, know? you never know. I mean, were Nirvana that different? I mean were they a different band? I mean, were they a different rock band or just a good rock band? I mean, there's, I mean, Kings of Leon new record was number one for a couple of weeks on iTunes. I mean, you know, it's just a success. Yeah, sure. You know, it's not nothing. I mean, the, um, I mean, if you think about it from a commercial point of view, you know, you need that song that's going to be, that people are going to like, you know? Yeah.
0: Um,
1: I mean, there's one on the, um, there's one on the Kings of Leon album which is really catchy you know whether people whether you know that's a pop song it is a pop song but but um i'm not sure if it's like the right mix of the pop song yeah for 2016 I'm you know what i'm saying yes yeah, I know exactly. it's still a perfectly good yeah. pop song if you give it to someone to mate into one <laughs> i think anyways yeah. but that's sort of you know that that's something else. But I mean, it was number one for a couple of weeks, and I think Kingsley and are, are really great at, at people, and 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 uh, it's a pretty genuine rock band, and it's and it's popular. I mean, so I, for me, I don't think rock music is dead. I mean, I take Roger's point. It's not. It's not rock music. It's not at the cutting edge of pop anymore. Yeah. I'm just your
0: Now we're going to hear from Keith Richards um, about the new blues album, Blue and Lonesome, and some other topics. Here's Keith Richards. He said Muddy was like a father to you uh, at yeah. some point. I mean, what was, I mean, what kind of conversations did you have over the years? What kind of.
3: Even though it was just like he took you under the yeah. wing. No, I mean, no deep conversations. Conversations sit down with the guitar together and. I try and play him my version of his stuff, yeah. you know, and, and, or, or just as I always wanted to be second guitar, second, second stringer. Yeah, I always, my, when I was a kid, I was to do the second guitar behind Chuck Berry, right, or behind Elvis. Yeah, uh, if I could join the Crickets, I would have joined. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to like, be, I you mean, know, I wanted to be just part of it.
0: Yeah.
3: And uh, and Muddy made you felt you're really part of it, you know. He sort of uh, brought you in. Great, I mean, a large heart, you know. Um, not the only one howling wolf is very much the same. I mean, a giant of a man, a most, uh, you know, formidable creature. So actually... <laughs> face they sit around and talk with them oh man look oh you know that Vic you know and and you just get into what you do you know and uh, without any side on it It uh, well I didn't know white guys could play like that there was nothing none of that you know it was just oh you know we connect and not particularly Impressed about what color you happen to turn out to be or whatever. Although, of course, Muddy and other guys did uh, recognize that for some reason, I mean, the Stones had brought back to yeah. America
0: yeah, music that,
3: yeah, and repopularized it oh, or oh, actually not so much popularized it as just brought it to attention. Yeah. Again. You know, yeah. And, uh, and for that, I'm eternally proud. It's probably the only way I'm going to get in heaven. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, it must have been quite a thing to be. St- you had these guys whose album covers you were staring at, it, and then to step into those album covers. Yeah, and sing it's the nuttiest thing I mean. in the world. Yeah. It's like
3: you stepped into a dream, in yeah. a way. You know, never got out. I never woke up again. No. <laughs> 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 never woke
0: up. <laughs> You said that, you know, you would always say, you know, someday, years and years ago, you'd say, oh, you know, someday we'll, we'll make a blues album and we'll, you know, we'll play blues on, st- you know, we'll, we'll sit in, we'll sit in stools on stage like Muddy Waters and play the blues. Uh, you're, not, you're not sitting down. No, where you might be getting gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, Mick, you know, I, I, I you said as early as 1980. You said, you know, Mick doesn't have to run around so much. He could just stand in the microphone and, and sing. Uh, but he doesn't. To him, moving no. the stones requires run, yeah. the running. You
3: know, the stages kept getting bigger and bigger. Yes. You know? Yeah. I mean, that was in, in 1980. I said that. This, uh, you're still playing every year after that. No, actually throughout the 70s has actually occurred and also on top of, I mean I, Mick Jagger could play this coffee table
1: <laughs>
3: better than anybody I know because that was the size of our stages in those days right. you know? and he could still move it and you know, he, well he had the thing with the maracas, yeah <laughs> But, you know, I mean, the man is a natural mover. Yeah. What is more natural for a front man than you give him more room than room to use the room? You know, I've seen... Uh, especially as athletic as, as Mick is, and uh, and also you feel the need to reach out oh, suddenly it's a football stadium or something even bigger and sometimes you know I mean where you feel the need to get out there and like so they're not <laughs> yes
0: yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: and there's two ways of doing that I think Bob proved the other way of doing it actually at Coachella where he would bring the stage down to his comfort level his size right Bob is not going to start doing the splits and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> running around. Yeah. But at the same time, to concentrate everybody's thing and an uh, uh, enormous stage there Coachella, and um, Bob managed to turn it into his area. And, uh, and that's what I mean about performance. Some feel the need to use the room; others can bringing you in on, into their space.
0: Well, could there be a stones a version of the stones when Mick doesn't want to run because he was wondering a lot how long he could No, I've the... been
3: thinking about this. Yes. Uh, someday you ain't going to be run. runner. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> no, no. Yes. But uh, no, over the years I've you know, probably been on the push and say just because you have all that room doesn't mean you have to use it. Uh, you know, uh but then there's a natural energy in the man, and the man is the one who's got to sing, you know? Which is in with this blues record, you know. Whatever track is on it is because mix it. Oh, that lightning slim on it. The singer has got the warmer yeah. You know, it's no point in somebody from behind I mean saying, "Oh, you should sing this one," and he don't feel like it. He'll do it but you, you, you right. won't get the, uh, the essence of it right. because there'd be an imposition, so as to speak. So if I catch you know, a lead man that says, I want to do this, I want to do this, this, is the one I want to do, which is like stone set lists. You yeah. make write the list. Right. The ones you want to sing. You know, I might change the order here and there because of technical things like, you know, guitars and uh, changes and uh, whatever, very rarely. Uh, to me, the important thing is that you go on there with a the guy is, this is what I want to do tonight. Yeah. And, and that energy, that extra confidence is what, to me, counts, you know.
0: And, yeah, I mean, you let him. You let his energy guide it. But I mean, but you—it feels like if eighty-five to eighty-nine was World, was World War Three, you've called it between the two of you guys, and then maybe you had World that War Four. Rough, that
3: was a pretty rough period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and
0: then then it seems like you just maybe had World War Four for a while before this before this wrap uh, So, but it, it does feel just from the outside that maybe there really has been a thawing. That maybe that you guys are. Getting
3: getting along better than in a long time. Is that? Uh... Yeah, uh, I don't know how to explain this. Mick and I—I I mean, I love the man. This doesn't mean I can't get pissed off occasionally, <laughs> and I've no doubt, without a doubt, it's the other way around. Um, but when you're working together that, I mean, sometimes you have to forgive and forget. And also, I would say that uh, 89% of the time we're in total agreement. Mm.
2: Mm. You don't, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, I chose that number particular. <laughs> um, uh, but are people only hear about that 11%, uh, you know, This is where it uh, flares up, you know. And uh, but what would the stones be without it? What would when then did anybody have the perfect machine? Everybody in total agreement. It was there. It'd probably be fairly bland. No right. uh,
0: push and pull, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean
3: um, And so I you know, I think by now, at least I do I, mean, I think make pretty much that yeah, now and again we're gonna bitch. You know? But you know, when it does it's gonna hit the advice. <laughs> that was not the point, you know, it'd be that They're arguing <laughs> you know, oh my god, people are walking around with shrouds. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just another tip. I've known the man longer than actually just about any man I've known. The face of the planet, four or five years old. I don't know many other people. That age, our age, that, uh, that I've known and especially worked with, you know, and like, in such you know, intense ways and gone through so much, created a career <laughs> of like...
2: Yeah, I mean, you know,
3: it's, uh, it's amazing we're both alive. I celebrate Nick's life in, uh, and he's always... He's always five months
0: older than me. <laughs> and now I have with me from Rolling Stone, Patrick Doyle and Andy Green. And we're going to be talking uh, a little bit more about the Rolling Stones, because what, what else is there really to talk about in the world? <laughs> um, so, so guys, you know, this album, this album Blue and Lonesome that's coming out, it came out of Sessions for what is supposed to be the first uh, Rolling Stone original album since 2005. Now... Do you guys think that this album, the the original album, is ever going to come out?
4: No, Mm-mm. <laughs> it's been nineteen years in a single studio album. They seem incapable of doing it. It just it, it, it's it's not going to happen. I think.
2: Yeah, they overthink it. I think when they it's their own material. They they spend way too much time on it. This was a three day album, and it, it and and it's the best thing they've done in thirty years. So.
0: Wow. Okay. So, you, I mean, I think it's very good. Do you th- you think it is truly the best thing they've done in thirty years? Um, so tell me, tell me which album thirty years ago you're mm-hmm. saying is the best since?
2: I think Dirty Work is a, is a great album. <laughs> Dirty work. Okay.
0: Um, that's a, I think.
2: No, no. It, you're supposed to say the best since Some Girls. The official right. line
0: is always the best since Some Girls. Right. No, okay. you're saying the the best since Dirty Work.
2: Okay. I'm a big Keith fan, and Dirty Work is basically a Keith album with Mick singing. So that's why I uh-huh. like it. But I, I actually really like Bridges to Babylon too. If they were to make an album like that, where it's a complete opposite direction. It's not trying to be commercial exactly, but just trying to do something different then I'd be
4: interested to hear it. Right, but there's no incentive really, because the money is all in touring. An album is a huge pain. It's just gonna it's just gonna sell three copies and be and just be criticized I, did, I just see no incentive just to work so hard on something. That's just not, that'll be a fight the entire time. Mm-hmm.
2: It's a nice bookend to the end of their career, too. This is just perfect, I think. Yes. <laughs>
0: so you're suggesting they, should, they just walk <laughs> off? No. Yeah. Very they nice should Patrick. keep touring. <laughs> yeah.
4: I would love to hear a new album. I just think it's very unlikely. Whereas they are a touring band, essentially. you know, That's what mm-hmm. they've been for a very long time. That's the core of what the Stones are, is a concert experience.
0: Mm-hmm. I think one of the problems is that um, whenever there's a long gap between albums, you get into a little bit of Chinese democracy syndrome. Not that they've been working on an album the mm. way that Axel did, but you get into that syndrome of, "Oh my God, this better be killer," you know. And and I think that tends to be, as we all know from our own creative endeavors, <laughs> the longer you wait, the more the more it becomes. Oh my God, I have to kill this. This is late, you know. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. So and- it's, it's a trap. Yeah, and there's a songwriting team that has not really worked together as a true team in a long time. That's a problem too. I mean,
2: yeah, they, I mean, I think with the bigger bang, they got together for two weeks at Mix House and wrote songs. And um, I, I think that album is, is better than a lot of people say. But I don't see them doing that at, at 75 years old. Yeah, it,
0: it it's too bad. I wish they would like release four albums in the next four years. Like, mm. just take advantage of their working relationships right. such as it is and just put stuff out and that way it, do, it takes the pressure off you know but I, I don't think that's going to happen
4: no and with these box sets you just think of all the attention they got for Exile uh, on Main Street that was more attention than a bigger band got mm-hmm. you, know, they've so, you know they have so much history they can mine that it's just easier
0: <laughs> so what did you guys take away from from listening to Blue and Lonesome the Stones new uh, blues album
2: I, I think it's great I, I liked I like hearing I think Ronnie is a, is amazing on this album because he's really kind of stepped up on on tour, you know as Keith has had problems with arthritis and other things. It's it's I think he has stepped up and really uh, become an amazing real lead guitar. It's become more of a, a lead rhythm situation as opposed to switching off. I think and so I think Ronnie is amazing and Keith is also has this laid back style that's that he didn't have um, you know fifteen even twenty years ago. I, I think that he is is um, it's almost like Chuck Berry got later in, in age with where you can hear the struggle to play, but Keith has a certain soul that he brings to it that it's great.
4: Right. It's a very nice reminder also that there's still a band there because the concerts with the horns and the keyboards and the backup singers, you know, it feels a bit Vegasy at times where this is just the core band playing, and they sound fantastic. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you can really, uh, you can really feel... There's points when you literally, I think you literally can't tell whether it's 2016 or you know 1970. I, I really think that, right? You know, and maybe I'm deluded, but I, I really. No, I think do you're right, and that. it's
4: a tribute to Mick's incredible voice and Charlie's stamina and skill. I mean, it's incredible, in their mid 70s, they're still able to pull this off.
2: Yeah,
0: makes- and Ron and Keith's weaving, as they call it, they really do play incredibly well together. Yeah, and yeah, it makes um, harmonica playing, which you touched on in your story, it's just so good on this album. Yeah, we played a lot of uh, Mick talking about harmonica earlier. This is the mm-hmm. most harmonica talk that's ever been <laughs> on SiriusXM, I think. Yeah, um, and
4: it's so perfect that they've gone full circle. This is back to their very, very roots, and it's it's just stellar, I think.
0: So, I you know, one of the things I asked the Stones is, you know, how long can this go on? How long can this go on? You know, it's, it's, they had their 50th anniversary, and mm-hmm. then they just kept going. I think it's incredible.
4: Yeah, I think that Mick is a freak of nature and there's no reason why they can't do it, like another six, seven years. I just think Charlie's the problem. I know that he's a very light touch, but when he's 81 years old, is he going to want to play two-hour (laughs) concerts? And if he leaves... Do they carry on? That's always a big question. Of like, right, is yeah, there and a and band of course I Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and I and
0: asked, and I asked Keith that, and he said that uh, you know, I, I Charlie Watts will never die. Uh, oh. I, I I won't allow it. And then then I add, I added or retire, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah or retire. So that's how <laughs> right. <laughs>
4: but he but, might do one of those two things, and it'll put him in a very tough spot.
0: But no, no, Andy. Keith said he won't allow. Right, I don't understand. (laughs) No,
4: I. I, Yes, I know that he has superpowers, but maybe you know he can't stop death or retirement.
0: (laughs) Keith also, by the way, Keith did also tell me that um, I was I confessed. The interview took place, you know, maybe a week before the election, and I confessed that I was getting concerned about the polls and that Trump might win. And, and Keith said, Oh, don't worry about it. Uh, he'll fuck it all up, uh, <laughs> which uh, unfortunately was also not true. And, and yeah. uh, you know, may- maybe he meant, you know, he'll fuck it up after the election. I, d- I don't know. But uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately, as Keith has a habit of saying, he is not a Nostradamus. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Patrick, you were asking me earlier via email what, yeah. what I took away from. Yeah, so, well, I was curious
2: just listening. It was really interesting to hear the audio of it because Mick kind of puts you in a trance almost. It's a really interesting. He, I I loved hearing him talk. I've never heard him be that kind of open before because he's notoriously kind of hates doing interviews and he's pretty shy and closed off and he. It was really interesting to hear. I was just curious what you kind of. Um, as, I mean, we've listened to the Stones a ton and talk about them at the office all the time. But what do you? What did you take away from spending extended amount of time with both of those guys for the story?
0: Well, yeah. Well, and it, I'm, I'm going to wrap up in a second. But I, you know, listen. I, I found the Stones incredibly charming. Those are the other reason why they've been so successful is because they are so deeply, incredibly charming. Um, and I think they're in a, a really great place. And they really do convince you that the Rolling Stones will last forever. So in this episode we talked uh, We played some audio from Mick Mick Jagger And Keith Richards from the new Rolling Stone Cover story And uh, this has been Rolling Stone Music Now Download our podcast at Rollingstone.com slash podcast Or wherever you get your podcasts And we'll see you next week on Friday On Sirius XM